Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's time for the Ant Hill Show, Jason. I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, we're going to get to talk all about the events of the week. You know, go into the commanders a little bit. Uh, but I think this is going to be a fun conversation. And uh, how was your weekend, sir? It was pretty peaceful. Still haven't really started my Christmas shopping yet. Wait, so. you haven't started your Christmas shopping yet? Not yet, no. Wow. I'm going to do like the ultimate, like, December 23rd. Stuff, you know? Yeah, you can't do it on December 24th because that's when the 49ers Football's play. On, yeah. Uh, yeah, a little known fact, I used to do it, you did as well. Two-minute drill on on Christmas Eve. Uh, no. You know what? I'm in the store and they're going, five more minutes, please come to the register. Five more minutes. No, no, no. Uh, nope, sorry. That, nope. that was pretty much how I handled it. You know, yep. and uh, now though, I'm I'm already done. I've done all uh, my shopping. I'm I'm no I gotta boy. be prepared. 49ers versus commanders yeah. are coming up. They are. So, Jason, four years for Seahawks is always a big game uh, everywhere, but especially even in your family. Your dad, of course, a huge Seahawks fan. But the 49ers went into Seattle with third-string quarterback Brock Purdy at the helm and, I mean, absolutely handled business. I know the score looks closer at 21-13, but that game was not close to four years handled business. It it was one really bad call from being 28-3 at one point. So, um, yeah, so my dad was... Happened to be refereeing on Thursday night, so he watched the game after he got done and calls me and he goes, he said, I really don't like you guys' defense at all. It's really kind of annoying. I said, I, I know, it's pretty awesome, Dad. <laughs> it's, isn't it great? He goes, man, we couldn't block anybody. It didn't matter. Armstead, Bosa, didn't matter. I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's what I kind of told you was going to happen to you guys. Yeah, I mean, the defense was lights out. The things that D'Amico Ryans did in that game uh, were fantastic. He confused Geno Smith throughout the game. I think what's interesting is eight quarters, the Seattle Seahawks scored you know, one touchdown 
on offense. It was it's been spectacular for the 49ers. They continue to lower their points per game that they're giving up. It's 15 now. It's it's just a spectacular defense. I know we're gonna get into the defense a lot, you know, during this, but I thought there was some, you know, some big things that happened in this game. You know, that 49ers made some plays. Brock Purdy played hurt. Uh, it was one of those things where, once again, short week, one day of practice, no problem. 49ers going to handle business. Uh, and that, and like I texted you, the, the first Kittle touchdown was my favorite play of the entire year. That thing was so cool just to watch. The Seattle linebackers had no idea where the ball was going to go. They started going this way. They started going this way. And, then, and, and Kittle did such a good job of the whole, like, Blocking, I'm blocking, I'm blocking, I'm blocking. See, everyone, I'm blocking. Now I'm not. Bye. It was just, it was just, it was, it was masterful. It was kind of stuff that, that I like to see from Kyle because we always talk about how smart he is and all this kind of stuff. Like that was a play call that you'd see from Andy Reid. It, it was that creative, that that well executed too. It was, it, it was awesome. It's actually a play you see from Bill Walsh. Back so in, well, yes, back in the uh, day. Yes. In 1984, in the Super Bowl, they ran a variation of this. They knew that the linebackers for the Dolphins would react to the guards going out. They sent both running backs out into the flats, and when they both split, Russ Francis went up the middle and made a play. In 1987, Bill Walsh ran the play again. This time with Steve Young, he faked to the left, faked to the right, and then he threw it, you know, up the seam. They didn't quite get the touchdown, but it was close. And then you've seen Kyle Shanahan run variations of this where George Kittle dove on the ground and got back up. Yeah. Uh, he calls the play Hollywood. So it's a spin on a Bill Walsh classic, but Brock Purdy executed it probably the best of any of the quarterbacks that I've seen because of the fake. Steve Young's fakes weren't that great. Brock Purdy's were fantastic. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo do it. He didn't do it at the level of Brock Purdy. Uh, just very excited about that play. And and they were running cover two on the play, so it's the perfect defense to run it against. So safety split, like you said, linebackers bailed. I saw a stat. They had the closest guy to George Kittle when he caught the ball was 6.7 yards away, and that was Diggs. The, the next closest was over 10 yards away. Spectacular from the San Francisco 49ers. And what it did was result in a big NFC West championship for the 49ers. They're second in the Kyle Shanahan era. So 2019... 2022, they win the NFC West. So here comes a, a random reference that I'm relying on, on your Giants fandom to understand. But where's Ashcon right now? Because <laughs> we could use a NFC West division champs feels great, but we ain't stopping here yet. Yeah, you know. But back to the Giants, circa 2010, that with the song that captivated us to that first World Series title. See the little Ashcon motivation to give us that that sixth. Trophy now, though. Yeah, I mean, in 2019, right, the West wasn't enough. I nope. mean, that's kind of their approach. Never this is. time it was conquered the West. I, I think that's that's really nice the way they said that. But they know, right, this is a veteran-laden team. They know that the, the division is not enough. They want a lot more than oh, this. Yeah. What they've done is position themselves, though, to do what you're supposed to do. You have goals as a team, and the first one is to win your division. Because if you win your division, you, you clinch a playoff spot, and you clinch at least one home playoff game. Which... That rule might need to change if the Bucks can't be over 500. I'm sorry if you're if you're. I don't care if you win your division. If you're not a 500 team, you should not have a home game. I think I think that's just stupid. Yeah, one of the most interesting things about that is you got them chilling at six and eight, and then right behind them, all three teams in the have NFC mad, South yeah. at five and nine. It, all, all of a sudden, all right it, there. it's right there. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. In a couple of weeks is potentially the Bucks might. You know, if they have one bad game, they could. Yeah. Out of the playoffs, which 
if New Orleans didn't tank the week before San Francisco's oh. win over the Bucks, it'd uh, be role reversal. It would be a different thing, right? Yeah. New Orleans would be in first place, and the Bucks would be in that group of teams. It's it's really interesting, but I do like that the Niners win and handle business seven in a row. Um, they've just really done a good job. And one of the reasons is, Jason, they're on their third quarterback, but Brock Purdy continues to execute. Brock Purdy Fire played Kyle. first. Fire Kyle. <laughs> Kyle's dumb. Where y'all at? Huh? I, I go on Twitter. I don't see anybody saying that Kyle's got to go. He's a terrible coach. Yeah, you definitely can't say that. I mean, Brock Purdy... Uh, he he played, and you know he played so smart again. He does. And he Kyle really does. said he's the most poised rookie he's ever ever had. seen. Yeah, I mean that that's spectacular phrase. That's a long list. But I thought that I thought the you know even though the George Kittle the two fakes throw was was spectacular is one of you know my favorite plays of the year as well. I actually think the next touchdown that he threw to George Kittle. Uh, proved why Brock Purdy is one of those guys you can count on. He looks to the right. He's got a slant. They drop uh, you know, the, the edge defender off into the area. Then he looks back for the play coming across the middle. It's covered. And then he locates George Kittle up the you know, corner. Literally uncovered. And he's uncovered. It's a, broke, a breakdown in coverage. And part of the reason is the 49ers have ran this play like almost 10 times now this season. And they've never went never to George to Kittle. Yep. So the just the mastery of the offense right there to go one, two, boom, three, I think is why I have high hopes for Brock Purdy moving forward. How often do we lament uh, we took the first or second option and we missed the big play? We missed the guy uncovered. Brock doesn't miss those guys. Like it's it's it sounds so simple to the ball to the open guy, but pass rush you know coming jimmy gets kind of antsy and he, he and he, he doesn't take that extra half second where brock will take that extra half second and, and look and see oh he's open boom done yeah uh brock purdy has some differences from you know i think from jimmy garoppolo i think what's interesting is he kind of has some characteristics from trey and some characteristics from jimmy yeah. and then he's kind of like in the middle right he's got a little bit of escapability to him just he can move in the pocket just enough right i mean there's some plays i, I went back and watched a little bit of the miami game uh and there was they putting, came after him and like he was mad. able to get out just step, just... and get the ball out and, yeah. and and make plays and give opportunities that's something you saw from Trey. Yep. And then the quicker release, uh, it's not Jimmy Garoppolo no. quick release, uh, but that quick release, he get, affords them the opportunity to make plays, you know, with the yak yardage. It is really interesting that this young cat is being able to do this. And one thing I, I, I haven't heard anyone point out, but I've noticed after watching, I went back and watched some of the Trey stuff. You know, Trey Lance threw a lot of batted footballs. Brock Purdy at For six being foot small, tall, his balls never get hit. He doesn't throw any bad footballs. No. He finds those lanes to be able to throw the football. Drew Brees esque. It is Drew Brees esque, except he doesn't have to look. You know, he doesn't have to like jump though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think that it's it's interesting that he's been able to execute the way he's executing. Uh, the 49ers have themselves a nice quarterback problem, and, and Brock Purdy is, and I, I hope he stays healthy. He's practicing right now, limited participant. He says he feels a, he feels a lot better than he did at this time. Last week, so that's good too. Now, here's one interesting: uh, Greg Cosell. I I always enjoy him because he's you know very analytical about things. I like Greg Cosell. He he said something interesting. He goes, if you look at the stats, they're almost the same as what as Jimmy's averages. But but he said it feels light light years different though. Yeah, I mean, actually, if you uh, look at the stats, Jimmy was still doing a little uh, bit better. 
uh, overall, you know, as far as taking care of, you know, just the way he handled business, but uh, efficiency wise. But Brock Purdy, to me, it, he feels more in control. It feels more control. It's, it feels more ability to capitalize. It, it feels like when we're inside the pen, like, oh no, we're, we're going to score a touchdown here and not hope that we score. Like, it's just, it's different. It, it, it's, it's really weird. Yeah. You know, after Dre Greenlaw caused the big fumble. Uh, to Travis Homer and Traverse Ward picks it up and, and runs it inside. There was a time, and I mean, I don't know how many other people felt this way. There was a time that when that defensive player didn't score, I go, oh, didn't no. know. Yes, we exactly. might have to kick a field goal. Uh, here on comes, it. here comes three points. Damn yeah. it! And when this happened, I had no doubt. No, four yards are scoring a touchdown. Yeah. I had zero doubt. The question is, would it be McCaffrey or Ayuk or who? But well, and when, that was going to get when you got Aaron Banks and Trent Williams mowing people down. Banks. Uh, he he's good, man. He's he's tough. Yeah, he he's really good, and I'm very excited about that. And you know what, Daniel Brunskill has stabilized that he's, offensive line. He's, he for as bad as he was in September in the first half of October, he's gotten better, better really every week. Here's something for you too. Mike McGlinchey has not given up a single sack or hurry in the last three weeks. That's because he has ten thousand holding penalties. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. How many have they actually called? They, they called. Uh, they, they called uh, not ten thousand. Nine nine thousand nine hundred ninety eight. They have not called that many. They no, call, they have not. They called like one. He gets. He, he usually gets at least one, if not two, a game. Though. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I, 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 that's I, the thing, right? If they're not going to call it every agree. single time, this is the whole Legion of Boom thing. Oh yeah, I, I'm going to hold you. you I'm going to hold you ninety nine percent of the time. They're going to get me once, as long as it's not a huge penalty yeah. that changes the game. But one guy who has changed the game. Is Christian McCaffrey? Uh, McCaffrey, besides the Kansas City game where he was only there for a couple of days, uh, but when he's had a full week of practice, the 49ers are undefeated yep. with Christian McCaffrey as part of this team. Debo's in the offense; they're great. Debo's out of the offense; they're still Doesn't great. Uh, Jason, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's often been one of your favorite players in the entire league. We've talked about him extensively, um, you know, just in normal conversations, not on air. But his effect on this football team has been huge. And, you know, t people talked about he, maybe he got too much of a workload against Seattle. I just throw up there, well, they had a bye week coming, basically. Yeah, they had a couple so of it, it gave them that extra time. But, um, I mean, McCaffrey has been a godsend for this 49ers. Yeah, no, see, see, I wasn't sure at first where, where, where you were going to go with this since they haven't lost. I thought you were going to say since Alex got married, they hadn't lost. Oh, no. So I, thought, I wasn't sure. Oh, we're talking about McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, um. I mean, we we said it the the first week after after the trade. We said it the week after that. It he makes the offense go. He's the one guy who, if we want to talk basketball, he's the guy that you go every scouting report. Okay, we have to figure out where he is, and you branch off from there. Like he's Giannis. When you play the Bucks, you got to figure out a way to at least control Giannis or Curry. Like he he's that type of of game-changing talent on the field. And because he is so versatile, he's not just a around hand to you. He, he makes it harder to figure out, is, is, he, is he slot? Is he outside? You know, where is he going to be? And it, like you said, the day of the trade, it it opens up Kyle's offense, and it absolutely has. Like, like think about this. If we had a elite, talented QB, like a Allen or a, or a Burrow or one of those guys, they would score 45 a game with the players that they have now. And that, that that's because of what Gaffrey does. And, and, and on, on a good day now, we'll still be 28, 35 on a bad day. 
we're still getting 21 versus 10. I mean, he he just he, he he's a warrior. He's he, he's the and I, this was interesting too. Is he's the first guy in, last guy to leave, and, and actually, Purdy was the guy who spent the first four five days with, with him, getting him up to speed on the offense too. So that's an interesting kind of correlation now that that he's running the offense too. Yeah, I mean he's one of those you know rare talents where. Uh, he's a running back, but he has legit receiver skills, and I think that you know when Kyle Shannon added him, it gave him the, his you know his Ricky Waters. Yep. Um, you know Mike when he had Ricky Waters, it was absolutely spectacular. Monster. He could make those plays deep down the field. He could run the football. It was spectacular, and and I think that's what he was been looking for, and he's been trying to find that guy. Obviously, it was Jarek McKinnon he thought was going to be that guy. He's playing well now, he's though, too. He's playing well. He's playing really well. And now that he's healthy. So you've seen what Kyle was trying to do. I mean, I think McCaffrey's better than better, McKinnon. Oh yeah, so now he's got you know even, even more of a dynamic force. Uh, but McCaffrey is going to continue to get attention from defenses. There's a big reason. I mean, imagine that play that we saw from George Kittle. You had you know Ray or McLeod going one way, and he you know got half the defense going. Yeah. If that was Debo and then Christian McCaffrey, you're right. It splits like the Red Sea, and George Kittle straight Moses all the like, way to the end zone. Walks um, in. It was that's just the, the effect that he has on the game. You have to pay attention to him, and I think having all those pieces is going to make it more difficult for defenses moving forward. But Christian McCaffrey's had a positive effect. I would say that trade is well worth it. Um, this one has been more dynamic than the Emmanuel Sanders 2019 yep. trade. The 49ers have uh, executed some pretty good trades, whether that was Trent Williams, whether that was Charles Amenehue, that was a robbery. Jordan they Willis. Uh, they've done a very good job. And now Christian McCaffrey, yeah, it was a lot of ca capital to give up, but it could pay huge dividends because not only are the 49ers have no won the holes, division, they no might holes. actually like, win a Super Bowl. Bowl. You have no holes. So no. It's, it, it's easy. There's no holes to give up draft picks on, for – for that level of talent, like it, it, it's no brainer. It absolutely is. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought, right? You could go through, you know, two th on your third quarterback yeah. and still have a super, still be considered a Super Bowl favorite. Vegas took like one week and it was like, like, oh no, we don't know who Brock Purdy's going to be. They're fine still. After that, they're like, you know what? And now they're favored six and a half. You yeah, know what I mean, uh, or even seven and a half. I think this week, I'll, it's 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 huge. I'll bet you that gets up to eight, my kickoff at least. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I really wouldn't. And and that's a pretty solid team to to play against too. Yeah, the 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 foot or I'm sorry, the Commanders, the Redskins. Um, yes. yeah, the let's talk about George Kittle a little oh, bit. Oh, oh, uh, because talking. because Kittle has been one of those guys that you know a lot of people have been saying he's not getting enough targets, he's not getting enough opportunities. Uh, you know, and Kyle Shanahan made a concerted effort in the Tampa Bay game to get it to George Kittle yeah. early. And then in this game, George Kittle was a big part of the plan. I think Brock Purdy, I think they're all figuring out, Brock Purdy don't care what your name is, what your number is. If you're open, you're getting Ball's the football. Coming, yep. And I think you know teammates are going to start respecting that. But Kittle, huge game, showed his elusiveness after those catches. Not only was he still dominant in the run game because he's a big part of it, but spectacular in the pass game as well. Last two games in Seattle, it's like 12 catches, two hundred almost 250-plus no, no, actually, it's it's just under 300 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, that's like, right. He pulled the tightrope last year. Yep. For, I mean, he for whatever reason, when he when when he goes up to Century Link or whatever the hell Lumens Lumens, Field. yeah, whatever yeah. the hell it's called now, it's it, it's it, 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 it's still Link to me. I I don't really care what, what it's called now, but he his eyes light up and he just goes off like that. 
that's him just like, okay, let's roll. And I, I, like you, I'm not a big jersey guy. I've got one Niner jersey of a current player. I might have to add a Caffrey here, 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 fairly soon. But it's it's big old number eighty five, man. I I love that guy. Like he's absolutely my favorite Niner. He has been for a, a few years now. Like he just he's a he's a joy to watch, and I love everything he does on the field in the locker room. Media wise, he's just he's an absolute joy. And it's good to see him actually get some numbers too. Yeah, I have a you know, I have a George Kittle jersey as well. George Kittle, uh, one of those groups. I think the Fournier's have a lot of players that I consider my favorite. Um, <laughs> I think one of the jerseys I love the most is my Jacob Eason jersey that I have, you know, chilling in the in the closet. As uh, well you should. Yeah. But I, I think that George Kittle's, <laughs> you know, effect on this team often can't be measured because you don't see those run stats. Uh, you know, and I went back and watched this game pretty extensively and him going in motion and, and they were using him to help kick out and trap players and then running up underneath. Uh, he he handled it with, you know, the excellence that you expect him to handle it. And I think Kittle's one of those guys that people forget sometimes that he's still dynamic in the past, you know, in the past game. But uh, when he gets the football, I mean, there's probably no one on the team besides Debo Samuel that's as dangerous with as him in the open field. And that's a team that has Christian McCaffrey. But I think that for some reason, George Kittle and Debo Samuel just – they make people miss better than everybody else. And they also bring an attitude. You know, I mean, I think the only guy that I, I can think that brings that same sort of attitude with the ball in their hands is uh, Jordan Jordan Mason. Yeah, know? I mean, that does. running style of just running you over. And I think that is necessary when you get to the playoffs. Kittle's going to have a big role over the remaining part of the season, especially when we get into the playoffs, because we talked about the Christian McCaffrey effect. You're focused on McCaffrey. You're focused on Debo Samuel. That means you're not focused on George Kittle. Uh, Kittle was always going to be one of those ones that once this offense got figured out was going to have a big end of the season. And I think he's going to. Yep. Absolutely will. Now let's talk about the defense, Jason, because it's we've been talking for two weeks about an elite defense. Uh, now it's starting to get historic. Uh, this defense is spectacular. It's the number one uh, defense for points. It's number one in yards. Which you hardly uh, ever see. That you one. don't see it very often. The 49ers have had some great defenses along the way, uh, but none of the defenses have been able to do that. The closest, 1984, first in points. I think they were third in yards. So uh, it's one of those things where the 49ers defense is playing at a historic level. Uh, Jason, can, can can they keep this up the rest of the year? And what does that mean for this playoff run? Well, in terms of like, you're talking about the rest of the, the regular season? Or, yeah, or... the rest of the regular season. Oh, yeah. I mean... As long as they're on the field, they will because, uh, I mean, mostly because they're so damn good, but but also because the the remaining schedule is pr pretty pretty easy. Like it, there's not there's not a lot of elite or even semi-average quarterbacks left. I mean, are are we really scared of Taylor Heineke? I mean, are we scared of Colt McCoy? Oh uh, no. I mean, Derek Derek Carr's the only, you know, good quarterback left. What? What? Good? He's good. Don't start. He's better than Dak, for God's sakes. All right. <sighs> Come on. And plus, they got Devontae, and he he can be challenged times too. But no. So all all joking aside, this is the best defense that San Francisco's had probably ever. I want you to know the best pass thrown. And that oh boy, Patriots Raiders game was by Jacoby Myers. So 
Was that not just the most bizarre play of all time? It was. And Wasn't he hit just... Chandler Jones right between the five. Oh, five. and then Mac Jones's feeble effort to make a, a shoestring tackle. Look, look, that was. Yeah, he looked like a toddler he going really against did. a teenager. Like, it was Dad, like... Dad, you can't leave. Yeah. It work. All you have to do is hold on to a leg until you get until there. somebody else comes up and trucks him. And he just. Oh. And we got, yeah, that's, that's one of those, like, like I, I was actually hanging lights at parents' house. I, I, was, I was up on the roof and I had put it on. And I'm like looking at it. And I'm like, you know, put the lights on. Like, what What are they doing? Oh, there goes Chandler Jones for a game. And I, I like stopped. And I, I did like, like, wait, were the the Patriots behind? Like, no, it was tied. What are they doing? Like, it was like for a, a Bill Belichick coach team. This great smart coach, <laughs> Tom Brady. Um, what the hell was that? It was it was bizarre. Um, it was historic, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, the forty yards defense is historic. <laughs> sure. And uh, Jason, I was going to ask you, you know, because when we've talked to extensively about twenty twenty two defense compared to twenty nineteen, uh, now Not Dante Whitner has put in that caved. this defense is better than his twenty eleven yep. through thirteen, you know, uh, group. Which is saying uh, something because that is saying nasty. something. Now the forty yards had really great defense in nineteen ninety, and they had a really great defense in nineteen eighty four. Yep. Do you think this defense is better than all those defenses that the 49ers? So, if we go on the schedule of just, like, just are they better, regardless of how how anything goes the rest of the season? Yes. What what I don't like is when people say, "Oh, they didn't win a Super Bowl, so you can't say that they're the best." Like, oh, you you sure as hell can because their numbers prove it, and they're like. In 2022, if they go the entire season and, and uh, allow 17 points a game, which they should do because they're at, at 15 now, like anything under 20 or 18 in this day and age with, with all the rules is mind-blowingly good. So absolutely. Yeah, it's a different football. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm one of the ones that I love the 1984 defense. The 1984 defense is one of my favorite. Ronnie Lott, Eric Wright, you know, Carlton Williamson – you know, they, they had a, a spectacular defense and um, they had all four of their guys. Dwight Hicks was the fourth guy that made the Pro Bowl in the secondary. They had over, you know, they had 25 interceptions, uh, not just the secondary, but linebackers and everything as well. It, it's it's fantastic. But back then you were able to pull, you were able to push. There was no illegal contact. It was a different kind of defense. The fact that this defense is able to hold teams to 15 points per game is pretty spectacular. Overall, I, I think it's, uh you know, this defense is one for the ages. I think if they could cap it off with a Super Bowl, even better. Um, it yeah. will go down as maybe the greatest of all time, especially if they continue this, you know, effort. Because in that's the one thing about that 2011 through 2013 group. 2011, they were spectacular in the playoffs, you know, pretty much. Um, but in, in the other seasons, they really weren't. They struggled. You know, they gave up a lot of points. Uh, where we'll see what this team does in the playoffs, but to me, they are definitely I mean, on that level. They might not face a legit, a legitimately really good offense potentially until the Super Bowl. Like depending on what happens with the Eagles, and and I think, I think Demico can scheme for for what the Eagles do. So, yeah, there you go. And one of the reasons the scheme is that's, a lot easier—that's partially right is there—is Mooney Ward. Uh, he was running around with DK Metcalf, and he was he was shutting him down. Rent 
free. Yeah, what do you give up? I think he gave up 33 yards total in that game to yeah. DK Metcalf. Uh, they shut him down. Tyler Lockett had a pretty good game, 88 yards, but once again, one of the quietest 88-yard performances you've Both ever seen. times this year, he had, if you look at the stats, you're like, oh, he played well. And you're like, wait. When did he do anything? Yeah, after the game, people asked me if he even played. Yeah. I mean, that's just what it was. I mean, uh, the 49ers defense you know, has been taking people away the whole time. And the reason, part of the reason is Mooney Ward. And when he had, you know, uh, uh, Emmanuel Mosley on the other side, it was really difficult. But DeAndre Lenore's been playing better lately. He had an interception against uh, Miami. You know, and then now he would have had a pick six in this game if it wasn't for a roughing the passer call. I think he's coming on, but Mooney Ward is what gives the 49ers a lot of opportunities to run a variety of different coverages, and then when they need to run man coverage and take away a player like DK. A.J. Brown, well, what it, let's go, buddy. Like, like, I want him to be in A.J.'s shorts if we see them in the NFC game. I want him to hit well, the A.J. I just do. Well, that's actually a good matchup for him because Mooney Ward plays with physicality. Uh, so he plays in your face, and so does A.J. Brown. Uh, Brown is definitely a better route runner than D.K. Metcalf. Yeah. Um, you but. know, But he doesn't have the same straightaway speed. Uh, he's a lot more like Debo Samuel that way. I think that's a good matchup for the 49ers. They, they still have weapons, you know, oh, yeah, the Eagles, do. and we'll see if they make it there. I mean, there's no promises that they're going to beat Dallas. You know, if Dallas goes up there, who knows what happens with Jalen Hurts and the shoulder. The shoulder injury could yeah. be really big. Yeah, who knows? I mean, so the, it's going to be an interesting, you know, playoff hunt, but I do think... Mooney Ward is exactly what the 49ers wanted, uh, what they were expecting him to be. And, Best and now, free agent signing in the league? Is that... And he's going to get no, he's gonna get no love, Jason. Absolutely well, no love. This year, no, but... In we were having this conversation, actually. I, I, said, I said, how often do we see a, a guy leave somewhere in free agency, especially on defense? He has to have two good years, and then that second year... All the accolades will start start to come because because still on this team it's still Bosa it's still Armstead it's still Warner and stuff so if, if if he can have anything close to how he's playing this year next year then he's looking at not only Pro Bowl he's looking at at, at All Pro like, no I I want it now me too I, but I, I'm I'm the I'm the girl from uh, you know you are? Willy Wonka and the Charlie Factor I want it now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> because I want I She's want Mooney Ward new, to, new to deserve here. he deserves that credit. He absolutely does. The guy's played fantastic. Oh, yeah. He locks people down, you know, and it, there's not very many lockdown quarters in this league. And the 49ers got one, you know, and there was a lot of pressure. And John Lynch had to make the right decision. Is it JC Jackson? Did we go get him? You know, do we go get somebody else? And so they, they made a really good a good call here with Mooney Ward. And I think not only has Mooney played up to level, he's been worth every single dollar he that they paid. He tackles so well, too. One of the best against the run. Yep. And, you know, Jimmy Ward has been playing it very good against the run as well. Mm -hmm. uh, this 49ers team is built. I mean, they're just they're they built the right way. They just there's, do. There's not very many teams that are going to be able to match up in a situation to beat them. Uh, it, it's going to be really good. And and next up on for the 49ers is the Washington Commanders. Commanders come in with a, you know, a top-five caliber defense. You know, they're one of the better teams in the league. Uh, defensively, they run the football very good with Robinson, with Gibson. Uh, they're pretty good. And so this is going to be an interesting matchup for the 49ers. They could possibly have Chase Young back as well. It looks like uh, Opposite of Montez yeah. Sweat. I expect him to be on somewhat of a pitch count. Yep. Um, but we just seen them lose to the New York football Giants. The Giants came in there and held them. 
but was it 12 points and they're the 29th best defense in the entire league? It was a weird, you know, but that's one of those division rivalry games where you kind of stuff goes weird and they got they had a few really egregious calls to go against them too, but I mean, they they're in some ways they without the great offensive line we have they're they're kind of like us. They have a, they have a good tight end. They got some good running backs, and they got two good receivers. Their issue is is Taylor Heineke's honestly not as good as even Brock Purdy. So, but they do they do have my guy Carson Wentz though still. So oh no, that guy um, could always help him. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is it's not like Riverboat Ron was giving a singing endorsement to Taylor Heineke this week. In fact, saying, you know, hey, I open. might have to evaluate yeah. the quarterback position. Basically saying to Heineke, hey, pick it up or... Or get back in the bench. Or we're going to have to make a move back to Carson Wentz. I mean, they, they're they one of those teams that's right there on the fringe. If, you know, playoffs started today, they wouldn't be playing right. the San Francisco 49ers. But, you know, the there's always the opportunity that the Niners and Commanders could meet. So this could be a preview. I think what it is going to give us an idea of kind of that level of, of competition that's there. You know, the Commanders, the Giants, uh, the those Lions. big NFC East rugged teams. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see how those teams match up against the 49ers. Jason, oh, I hear it. yeah, Saturday was one of those interesting days oh, uh, because the Minnesota Vikings came back. We were talking back. so much ass about, about it, too. Oh, it? man, Matt Ryan, you know, and that, <laughs> that offense wasn't really able to get anything going in the second half. But, he I mean, the, let's be honest, the defense gave up 39 points in, in one half and an overtime of football. Uh you know, they weren't able to get it done. But I do believe Minnesota is going to continue to give other teams the opportunities. And teams like Green Bay, they need to win out. Um, you the know, the Packers are starting to kind of play a little better. Kind yeah. Of. And I mean, they're on the horizon. So Minnesota has, you know, a few the Lions, games. don't they? They have, no, they have the New York, uh, the New York Giants. Then they have the Packers. Then they have the Bears. Yeah. Justin Fields liable to do something. Wild too. So two divisional games, and then the you know the New York Giants who are still battling. Giants are in that, like they're in a basically a must win every week. So that game could be tough. Yeah, I think I think this is one of those interesting things where I want the Four Niners to get the two seed. I, I'd love to have for the Four Niners the opportunity to play two home games with Brock Purdy, you know the whole thing. In the same regard, I don't want Minnesota to fall to three or even sit at two and then play a team that can beat them, because if they play a team that can beat them. Uh, that means that messes everything up. Dallas will play the 49ers in the second round, potentially. Yeah, exactly. um, I want Dallas and Philly to have to play each other, uh, and the winner gets to play the 49ers, whether that's in Levi's with Dallas winning or you go to Philly to play. To me, that's still the better situation. But Absolutely. Um, hopefully it works out to where Minnesota is playing a team that they, they can win, but they're in the three seed. If the Niners can get to two and Minnesota has to come to Levi's, I, I don't think Kirk Cousins and that, that team can come out here and beat the 49ers. I, I, I don't think San Francisco will like, unless there's a crazy injury or like Brock has a random meltdown, which I don't see it necessarily happening because he, he seems way too composed. I don't see how how the Vikings will be this, whether it's in their dome or on our natural Levi's grass. Yeah, I mean they, it'll be and- a little soggy, heavy. Oh, and they like to throw the football around, right? I mean, they, they like to throw it all over the place. Um, but Kirk Cousins is prone to make mistakes, and the 49ers capitalized on mistakes. Least, yeah. They're one of the better defenses at doing it in the league right now. 
Um, you know, and I know this is projecting a little bit, but, you know, I mean, when you look at it, potentially the 49ers could have Armstead and Kinlaw manning the interior part of that defensive line. Dalvin Cook and those guys in 2019 got absolutely stuffed by a 49ers run defense that wasn't as good as the one we got and, now. And the Vikings O-line was a lot, lot better. Yeah, they were. Too. You know, and they, they're, they've they been dealing with injuries a little bit. Darius Shaw got, you know, got he's, banged he's up a little a bit. Yeah. Uh, so I think this, you know, the 49ers match up very good with Minnesota. The key is getting Minnesota to that divisional round where they can play the 49ers, knowing that if you win that, and hopefully, I mean, let's be honest, it would be great if Dallas could beat Philly, so that way Dallas has to come to Levi Stadium uh, for the NFC Championship yeah. game. I, I, It's interesting because the Vikings' defensive stats, their best stat is first the run, their 18th. Everything else is like bottom two or three in the league. Yards, total points. Passing yards, like they, they will give us plenty of chances to make plays. Like their defense is bad. Yeah, they are. And you know, one of the things, a lot of their plays, um, Minnesota takes a long time to get their plays off. Kirk Cousins holds on to the football a lot. You can't do that against this 49ers team. Uh, Justin Jefferson wants to run. You know, he's a great route runner, but the, those long plays that he wants to run, uh, Thielen is not the same player that he was. He's, so he's lost like, like two steps. Yeah, it's a little bit of a different team, Jason. But I do want to ask you about this Commanders game a little bit. I want a really bold prediction. 49ers versus Commanders. Halftime, we see Carson Wentz. Wow. That means the 49ers are handling business in the first half. That, so I love that prediction, Spineke will give us a fumble and a pick by halftime. I love it. But what's the score, Jason? Washington Commanders, 49ers, Christmas Eve. Are we getting a Christmas present of the eighth straight W for the 49ers? 27 to 16. 27 to 16. Uh, the fact that they would score 27 on this defense, I think, is, is pretty spectacular for Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense. Uh, 16, huh? You think the Commanders are going to score 16 against this 49ers? One, either. Then my missed coverage to Jahan Dotson or, or Scary Terry. I think, what's, I think what's interesting about this Anders team, if you just mention their players, right? Uh, you, you talk about Samuel. You talk about McLaurin. Uh, you, 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 know, you talked about um, Dotson. Uh, you got, they got Diami Brown, right? Yeah. You, you, the names, you, you recognize these names. They just but, need a quarterback. But No, but when you watch them, it's like, or, uh, Scary Terry ain't that scary. I mean. I, he's, he, he's really good, though. I, 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 is he, though? Yes, he is. Oh. I don't know. I, I don't see him as one of those elite guys. He's not somebody that I think Charvarius Ward has to travel with. I think Deontay no. Lenore can cover him. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't travel either of their receivers. But but at the same time, like we need to, to make sure that we know our coverage, though. Too, I can't. I don't want to see Bongo being like. Well, I mean, well, no. This week, I mean, you can run zone coverage. Uh, yeah, yeah. Heineke, I mean, yeah, he he can move. He's mobile, but, you know, he's not spectacular on the ground. But the key is stopping the run. If you can stop Robinson, you can stop Gibson, uh, make them one-dimensional. I don't think there's any way they can move the football against the four years if they have to throw the ball, you know, 30-plus times. Oh, no, I don't know. It, 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 like I said, it has to be like a blown coverage or like a PI thing. 27-16, I still think you're giving the the football team or the, the commanders a little bit extra points, um, but that's okay. Everyone, my game prediction will come on Friday's live stream when I do again. My game preview show. 
I uh, hope everyone will join me for that. But Jason, another great episode of the Ant Hill Show. Looking forward to you know a post Christmas episode. We get to talk about hopefully the 49ers, you know, winning their eighth straight game, continuing their hot streak, and putting the keeping the pressure on Minnesota. We'll see what happens when Minnesota plays this week and see if the 49ers can get to that number two seed. Uh, but enjoy the episode, Jason. Looking forward to next week. Always. Always. All right, everyone. Enjoy your week and enjoy the 49ers versus the Washington Commanders. Join me Merry all week Christmas. for other content. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa and, and Happy Hanukkah. It, 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 that flies as, as well. Very well done, Jason. And for everybody else, it, 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 happy it, 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 49ers win on Christmas Eve. That's what we want. Uh, but everyone, have a good one. Go Niners. Bye.